Welcome to another edition of Your Impact Attack. That's right, it's Your Impact Attack. At least, I assume it's yours. I mean, it fell off a, a truck or something somewhere, and it had your name on it. So I picked it up and brought it in and uh, decided I'd do something with it until I can get it back to its rightful owner. And uh, But I'm not going to be alone in doing that. You know, it takes a lot of uh, it takes a lot of effort, community effort, to get these type of things done. So, of course, I had to call in my tag team partner, and that's Brandon. What's up, Brandon? Not a whole lot, man. You know, we, when we picked up the impact attack, we found it. We, well, actually, we found it off the back of a truck. It was on the back of some speakers. And that's some dudes in track suits and Italian act and like New York accents are asking about it. Like, mm. I don't know. Yeah, it kind of remind me of Tony D'Angelo at Stax, uh, but uh, I'm not. I can't confirm or deny that it was them. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm Jamie the Vet Williams because I forgot to introduce myself, and uh, so we are gonna go over this impact for you, uh, and hopefully we'll return it to you in as good a condition or better uh, than it was left with us. Um, but uh i mean who are we talking about here i mean brandon we have a, a chat that's usually here to uh, accompany us on these uh these missions so uh you know who, who's with us right now almost like we got with us tonight we got jerome hall we got lab rat we got elizabeth we got steve Egger, we got javi uchita what is up you guys whoa we got steve Eggert in the house holy shit that's a that's a name uh, from my past that I am glad to see because I have not talked to Steve in such a long time. But yeah, Steve was a great friend who uh, I used to work with a long time ago. We used to talk about wrestling and uh, all the all the time. And um, huge Jerry the King Lawler fan, uh, I'll tell you that right now. So I'm I'm very happy to uh, to see that name pop up in the list. So thanks for coming by, everyone. Um, all right, so. Uh, Let's uh, let's talk about a little impact wrestling news, um, which there isn't any. Uh, th this is the kind of stuff when you when you look up one of these um, when you look at like say Wrestling Inc. for example, you got stuff like um, Impact Speedball Mike Bailey praises Josh Alexander and wants to work with or wants to tag with Jonathan Gresham. Oh, like that's not news. Uh, it's news to me. I thought he hated everyone. Uh, Sammy Callahan believes Trinity Fatu can blossom in Impact Wrestling Knockouts division. Him and everybody else is that a genius? Is that a genius thought? Uh, yeah, I just don't like. These are the kind of news items. I'm just like, what? What? It, it's it feels like. There's not any news, so they just kind of grab whatever they can to fill like their daily quota of how many articles they have to get out. You know what, too, is a lot of what counts for news these days is people listen to podcasts and then they grab whatever sound bites out of it that they want to and then just report that. Yep. And then it, it's like it, it becomes like a thing uh, because when you take a, a, uh, you take something out of context and it make it sound like it's a clickbait headline, you know, it, it makes it seem like some of these people are just starting shit, you know, like, like, like the, you know, if, if, if Conrad is talking to Eric 
and he's got you know he asks him a question hey this thing happened what do you think about this and then eric just gives you know he just goes off on one of his you know coffee induced rants or whatever then all of a sudden people are just like they, they act like eric came out of nowhere and just decided to attack somebody on the internet you know what i mean it's just so eh, i don't know um but that's not really i mean you got to have i guess you got to keep the content you know going you always got to have fresh stuff for your website this this if you go to if you go to wrestling inc and just go to impact wrestling news there's so many pictures of trinity right now it's just like <laughs> trinity, trinity 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 there's so many lovely pictures of trinity um but but nothing Okay, well, here's one. Let's click this one. How long Trinity is reportedly committed to Impact Wrestling? Let's see if this has anything. And I'll read it as is, just for fun. After making her life-changing debut during last month's television tapings for the May 4th episode of Impact on Access TV, we now have a better idea as to how long Trinity, formerly known as Naomi in WWE, will be sticking around the promotion. Fightful Select, that's in quotes, <laughs> is reporting that Trinity is committed to impact into the summer, though they did not specify an exact date. Well, it's a good thing I don't subscribe to Fightful Select, because I sure would hate for my however many dollars per month uh, to, to bring such hot news as we don't know what date, <laughs> just into the summer. Hey, I don't know if anybody's walked outside, but... Uh, it feels like it's into the summer right now where I'm at. I don't know about anybody else. So does that mean she's uh, she's definitely does that is that proof of commitment because it's hot out? I mean, come on. So anyway, that's kind of where we're at with Impact News. And I I just laughed when she, when it was like it said life changing like debut. It's like yeah, I'll be there for a few months. Yeah, <laughs> r real life changing. At least, at least, you know. You can't change your life too too much. That's it's too life changing. You gotta let's take let's take our life one one a quarter at a time. How about that? Um, so there you go. You know, uh, that's that's some impact news. So that's the kind of that's the kind of reason like we don't make it like a hard and fast. We're gonna talk about the impact news and we just kind of casually chat about anything that may have come up, but because there really is nothing but we have something new this week i believe uh so uh brandon uh would you like to explain to our lovely audience uh this this new perhaps uh, ongoing segment that uh that you've uh, prepared for us yep it is a uh basically what i do is the previous weeks in <clears throat> uh, sorry about that uh the where the previous week's impact, I rescript it and try to keep as much of the original show intact and basically rewrite it into a new format, adding new matches, new segments, new new wrestlers that weren't on the show, and just in script format. And I have it on my new Substack. Oh, uh, so do you have a name for this new uh, this new segment or idea? Yep, uh, rescripting Impact Wrestling. All right, so no frills, straight to the point, no yep, fancy puns or anything. Mm -hmm. Nope. Um, and I'm sure that 
you know, this is going to easily fix the moose endangerment problem. Like we're going to repopulate uh, impact with moose, right? That's basically what we're the main goal is, right? That was always the goal. That is part of it. Uh, unfortunately, this week there wasn't really much to we could have fit him into with where they had him on the show. But well, yeah. I guess we'll. Uh, it was a nice idea anyway. But I guess we'll be moving on to cover <laughs> this week's impact. Uh, oh no, no, no! All right. So, so the idea is that you have punched up whatever they handed us, right? And and uh, and and you had a vision for it uh, that sort of like uh, encompassed within their overall vision. But you, you're, you're like looking to get the max value out of the basic same stuff, right? I think that's kind of the idea. Exactly. Yes. All right. Well, let's give us an example of this uh, run down this episode. So this would be last week, um, the last week's episode, which would have been the fourth. That is correct. So, okay. for example, let me pull up my old notes from last week. Like how the uh, that show opened up with the Moose Brian uh, ta- Brian Myers tag match against Gujar and Yuya, this would have opened up with a in ring segment with Singh and Shara, and as well as Macklin. So basically, okay. yeah, intro Pyro and Ballyhoo, in ring. Also on the sub stack, actually have the uh, have it timed out as well. Oh, okay. So yeah, in ring. Steve Macklin music and entrance with Sing and Shira. Macklin promo to explain alliance with Sing and Shira. Mention military past, foxholes, needing brothers to have your back in battle. He brings up this new faction, army he's forming with Sing as his financial backer, Shira as the tank. And mention, and they're talking about how they're going to uh, plan to take out PCO before tonight's main event so he doesn't make it to Under Siege. Oh. So he's, uh, He's he's the the ops are not so covert. He's just going to uh, admit to everybody right off the bat that he's going to try to injure this man. That's basically what you're saying. Pretty much. Huh. Well, that's a bad move, Macklin, <laughs> to give right. away your battle tactics right off the bat. But go ahead. All right. So next, Lance Storm music and entrance. Wait a minute. You're just going to add Lance Storm into Impact right now? I mean, he works there. Oh, I'm not complaining. Go on. <laughs> uh, Landstorm promo to in- introduce new PCO, perfect Canadian one. <gasps> All right. New PCO, perfect Canadian one. All right. Yeah, PCO music and entrance. Uh, PCO promo introduce new character and partners for his uh, main event, six man, Landstorm and Kushida. Whoa. Ends with Brawl. Where Kushida and Lance Storm look like they got injured. Commercial break. Come back backstage with Storm and Kushida being looked at by trainers. Trainers will not clear them for the main event. PCO says that he can find partners to take on the three of them by himself. Kushida makes the motorcycle machine guns handgun gesture with his hand to indicate that they will be PCO's partners. Okay. Well, um, we need a way to sort of... uh Un like to write Kushida out because he's currently in Japan doing the best of super juniors tournament right now. And that would be a good way. Um, because he would, you know, I don't think well he wasn't on last week's show, right? I do not believe so. No. Right. And that's 
that's why. So that would be a good way to like explain, you know, even though that kind of exposes the fact that if he was taken out, but then he's just going to appear in a month long tournament. Right. Uh, so, you know, like here and there, it depends. Cause you know, sometimes a wrestling company cares about what else is going on in the world. And most of the time they don't, they only care about their own business. So that kind of depends how they would want to play that or how you would want to play that. If you're, if you're the Scott Nemore in this situation, you know, it's, it's kind of up to you. Um, but, uh, but yeah. All right. So there you go. Buckshot Kid says Impact is trying to be serious for a moment. <laughs> All right. So then we go to the opening match, which is the same Bupinder Gujar, Yuya Yurimura match against Moose and Myers. And just Moose and Myers up clean, just like how the match went. Except more Moose and. Um, Much more Moose, yes. Right. And maybe just a little bit. Just tiny bit of Myers, just for just for flavoring, like just, not really a, a little sprinkle, a little sprinkle. Yeah, a sprinkle of Myers. Yeah, and then the mousse uh, cake with frosting. Yeah. All right, and then we go to a recap of Santino being attacked and Dango finding the hair, and the vignette between Dango and Hendry is basically the same one as we saw. Yeah, they the... couldn't do any better than that. That was perfect. Right. Yep. And then we go to the second commercial break. And then we get get to a quick little, just a quick little video of uh, Trey being told Dango wants to see him. And then we get the Callahan Con match. Same thing that happened on the show goes with that. And then we got the go to the Dango Hendry Trey vignette. Again, same things happened on the show. You couldn't get any better than that. Right. You can't. You, there's no way to punch up that stuff. Yeah. And then again, same thing with the Jacobs interview with Nick Aldis. Can't really get any better than that. Right. Pretty short to the point. Exactly. And then go to and then before we go to the next commercial break, have the announcers billboard the Alicia versus threat match. Basically knockouts in action, Alicia versus threat. And then it that the only punch about I have with that is have it be much more dominant with threat, getting a lot more in. Okay. All right. And then we get a backstage promo with Gia and Motor City Machine Guns. They took you know, they kept the same promo as before, but then they also added in the whole thing where they accept being PCO's partners. Then Macklin, Shira, and Singh run in, lay them out. Then we cut to the Kaz interview of part two, same thing as we saw on the show. Then we get a backstage pre-tape of the Motor City Machine Guns, PCO and the Trainers, and and the Motor City Machine Guns will not be cleared for tonight, which gets PCO even more angry. We don't want him getting angry. Nope. All right, and then we get to the Trinity debut. Mm Mm-hmm. Have her talk about how the real women's revolution and uh, modern women's revolution started in Impact Wrestling, how she wants to be a part of that legacy. Have her mention Deanna and Jordan like before they come out like before. Uh, they, they get into a little bit of back and forth promo. Uh, then Giselle Shaw comes out, tries oh. to get Trinity into her group. Deanna, with her history with Shaw, says, tries to met, brings that up with Trinity. But then uh, Tasha runs in to attack Sean in the melee. Deanna gets shoved into Jordan, and it breaks down into an all-out brawl between all the knockouts before officials and security separate them. I see. I see. All right. So is that we're going off the show with uh, violence here? Oh no, we still got more on the show. Oh, so you just so you so you slid this one down the card. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I basically moved moved that to the like the like the top of the hour. Gotcha. 
Yep. And then we get the hype the tag title match of a of new match uh, ABC versus Good Hands after the break. Oh man, I would so have get Good Hands out of the mm-hmm. show completely, but that's all right. Uh, that's why I'm not doing this. Go ahead. It's it's they're more of a backdoor to get Bully in. I see. Yep. So then yeah, we get Good Hands music and entrance, ABC music and entrance, ABC up by DQ after Bully Ray attacks them from behind, and they're laid out by Bully and the Good Hands. Okay. All right. I don't like the good hands being up on anything, but I'll just uh, just go along with the ride on this one. Yep. Then you go to the announce desk for them to condemn what just happened. And then you get a vignette with the coven, same one as before, except that they actually bring up the brawl that just happened and how that plays in well for their tag title defense next week against Jordan and Deanna. All right. Then you get our match with Gresham versus Bailey, which is a basically condensed into a 10-minute version of what we got on the show. All right. Then commercial break number five. Come back with the backstage. And this is a new segment with a backstage interview with Gia and Masha. She bring uh, Gia brings up Kelly's obsession with Masha. All of a sudden, lights become red. Kelly pops up behind Masha, chokes her out, and says she can't wait to play next week. Okay. All right. So now we're set up for this week. Yes, sir. And then we get to a backstage with Macklin, Cher, and Singh. Talk about how they eliminate anyone who will was able to team with PCO and we'll finish him up. And then as they leave the shot, camera catches Sammy and Swan talking, basically the same promo as we saw last week. And then we get an extra match, Lince Dorado versus Laredo Kid, face versus face back and forth, Dorado up clean. Same vignette, and then we come back from commercial break with the same vignette with Death Dolls and James Mitchell. Come back to, and then to a backstage segment with Jordan talking to G about the brawl. Say that she is tired of being screwed, uh, worrying to the rest of the knockout, she is tired of being screwed with. Goes back to the Bound for Glory finish with Mickey James, and she's just tired of the bullshit, basically setting up for a future heel turn. Got it. Now, and now, uh, backing up a little bit, did this did this version have uh, Sammy Callahan just asking a question and walking away again, or did somebody answer a question, or is the whole thing rewritten to make more sense? Uh, Sammy's still walking away. I mean, it's Sammy. Gosh. <laughs> Fat son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. All right, that's fine. Um, Society Reviews asks, is Tessa Blanchard back yet? Have you have you been able to figure uh, Tessa Blanchard into this fantasy booking? Former Impact World Champion hmm. Tessa Blanchard. Depends if, the, if that locker room would welcome her back. Oh. All right. Well, to be continued. Mm-hmm. All right. So then we get to the announce table. They hype next week's show. Get to our main event. Macklin music and entrance with Singh and Shira. PCO music and entrance. PCO looks like he's about to go into battle by himself. His star stand in the ring. Heath and Rhino music and entrance. Standard six-man tag with the usual fixings. Faces up with PCO pinning Singh. And then we end the show with the heels beating down the faces. They injure Heath and Rhino like they did everybody else earlier in the night with the heel standing stall- tall to end the show. Okay. So... That was the uh, that was the complete uh, revamped impact from last week, right? That's that was the last. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um. Well, you know, that was definitely another way to do it. It could have been. Um. It can always. There's always room for improvement. Um. So it'd be interesting to see how this. Uh. You know this segment goes forward and how impact is able to spark your creativity and punch ups, uh, going forward. Obviously 
the less that you have to do means the better they're doing, right? That absolutely, yes. Yeah. Well, my favorite part is when Lance Storm came back. <laughs> but um, I mean, you got him on the show. You can use him for a segment just to get some guys over. Why not? Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a seems like a no brainer, but well, I don't know. Maybe it's something he just doesn't want to do. True. I don't know. I mean, he did appear in that one segment for Swingers Dungeon where he completely buried it. Right. And I'm sure that's probably why he, that's probably what he really thinks about it. And maybe why they decide not to, not to continue to use him in the same capacity. But yeah. Who yeah knows? That's, that's exactly what his character would say. Exactly. No, that's exactly what Lance Storm would say. I don't know if Lance Storm has a character. I think Lance Storm is just Lance Storm. So, uh, you know, that is what Lance Storm would say. Well, all right. There you go. And that was the debut episode of, um, I'm sorry, what would you call it? The very no frills thing? <laughs> Hold on, let me try to remember. It was uh, rescripting Impact Wrestling? Yep. <laughs> okay, I got it. All right. Well, the first thing you might want to work on is that title. Yep. Uh, give it a little more pizzazz and flash, but that's okay. you got another week for that. Um, this week, on the other hand, we have to talk about what really happened on Impact. And so that's, that's going to be... That. Oh yeah, Buckshot Kid. You could have just had six segments. That's what now. See, that's what I would have done. Now, if, if this were my rescripting Impact Wrestling, it would have been just all right. We're opening the show cold open moose package. Then, and and, and you could take that any way you want. You could use all the double entendres you want. Moose package to start. That's what we're gonna get. Period. You know. Then we're gonna open with moose. Okay. And then we're going to have Moose at the announce desk. And then we're going to have Moose interviewing himself instead of Gia. How about All that the, stuff. What about Moose's Dango's uh, partner? Exactly. Why not? That He's he's the most, you know, to, to, ke- to catch a scumbag, you have to, be, you have to get in the mind of a scumbag. So, you know, that's what I, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, all that stuff. Moose, Moose, Moose. Six segments of moose, moose cakes. I like it. I would just change it to uh, Impact Moose or Moose Moose. That's it. All right. Um, but we're not getting any of that this time. What we're, what we're getting instead on this episode, which aired on May the 11th. I can uh, promise you the next one there will be a lot more moose than they gave us this week. Okay. All right. Yeah. Make sure to work on that. Those are, those are my producer notes more moose um uh we get a recap of what's going on with the uh, women's uh, situation and then uh we get a rhino retrospective sort of like miniature package here because rhino has a title shot tonight so we have to remind everybody that he used to be somebody other than a guy that just stands around next to heath and eats ritz crackers with cheese whiz or whatever it's like Hey, you guys remember he was the last ECW champion of the original ECW and he was a NWA impact TNA champion, whatever. Like, remember, remember when Rhino was good is basically what they're trying to say. So that you don't think that this is going to be a walk in the park for old Burt Macklin. Um, and then we're at least the efforts there, at least there, there's some, Oh yeah, no. No, yeah, of course. I, I, I'm not really 
saying this is a bad idea, but nobody's buying it. Yeah, no, it's it's not going to get anybody to buy it. Also, I like the consistency in the fact of anytime you do something like this, you should do it every time you have the opportunity to do something like this. Like it just reminds you that they never do it. You know? Yes. Absolutely. Now that you mentioned that, yeah, you you don't really see guys get that kind of treatment. Like yeah, big, just, for big kind of big matches. Right. Anywhere. And this is a huge problem in all of wrestling. The WWE has got to be the biggest offender of this, where they just pull shit out of nowhere that they never do, just enough to remind you that they never do it. Because you're like, oh yeah, they have done this, but they don't always do this. That's what that's the feeling you get when you're watching Raw or SmackDown or whatever, and they do something. Um, right, so anyway, of, right, it's kind of irritating. It's like, wait a minute, you can do better, you just don't want to. Right. It should be like just a, you know, it, yeah, it should just be automatic for most things. But anyway, um, the opening match, uh, which you on your rescripting of Impact would have more properly set up here was uh masha slanovich versus uh killer kelly and then the match with within the match uh killer kelly versus her own wedgie which you know she kept constantly going back to it's a deadly opponent for her but here's the thing here's my thing even at your best the way you have your singlet cut i mean your ass is out so i don't really think that you should worry too much about how up in it the gear gets you know what i mean like we already see most of it it's not gonna make a difference if you're you know what i mean like pull a pull a couple inches down it's not gonna we, we already see what you got so don't worry too much about it you know um but yeah i mean mosh is good and speaking of, you know, heavyweight champions or world champions or whatever, I think she's still the current GCW champion and uh, a bunch of other champions. She's Ultimo Dragoning it on the independents right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, this match is going to be decent enough. Uh, I thought it was pretty, you know, it was fine for an opening match. Really good. Um, some impressive stuff like she picks killer kelly up in that uh how do you put it like i, I kind of like the alabama slam position i guess from yeah. the knees yep like she was on her knees and got up off her knees with the whole killer kelly on her uh which was pretty impressive um and then they they got the uh wrestlemania 8 finish where she runs up the turnbuckle while she's in the uh She's in the the whatever. What, what's the what does Killer Kelly call that move? I forget. I, I think it's called the Killer Clutch. Killer Clutch, yeah, extremely creative. Um, yeah, she's got the Killer Clutch on, and not only does Masha get out of it, but she ends up doing the WrestleMania eight run up the buckle, flip over, pin her, and then Kelly keeps it on, keeps choking her, and gets some heat or whatever. So, yeah. So opening match, what'd you think? I liked it. Uh, when like you talk about hard hitting women's matches, this is what I kind of think it should be. Where it's like they're not doing dumb, crazy stuff. It's just laying into each other, pretty much. And they're the right ones to do it, right? Yep. Um, 
Okay. And there's one though the one part of the match they lost me was when they hit that and this is a beautiful they hit this beautifully was that were like the reverse pile driver that Masha did on Kelly. You're talking about the the one I was talking about where she picked her up off the off her knees. Yeah, and then just dropped like it was bumped so well, like you couldn't have taken a safer, cleaner, smoother bump than that either. Yep. Good move, good move. I just that should have been the go, and they should have called an audible audible there. Yeah, well, you know. You know, kids these days. <laughs> uh Liz says she was having loads of problems with it, and I loved the one side up, one side down. And Buckshot Kid says Kelly needs to show more ass. I don't know if she can. It's out. The shit is out. It's just out. I don't know what else she's I don't know why she's bothering picking at it. You know? Wear pants if you're worried about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Wear long tights if that's if if that's your concern, but I just thought of something. Bailey in Kelly's ring gear. I love it. Uh yeah. Alright, so uh any final thoughts before we move on? No, I enjoyed the match. Other than that other than kicking out of that reverse pile driver spot, it was I thought it was a pretty decent match. Alright. So um Kenny King gives Sheldon Jean a pep talk in the back here. Now, I thought this was perfectly fine. But what I really liked about it, and what I liked about most of the show, it's relatively lights-free, if you know what I mean. Yep, yep. So this just looked like these guys were in a room, and the camera was there, and that's it. No one set up anything else in the background. You know, no other stupid shit like that. So I like that. Um, it it didn't look like a produced shoot, right? Which is uh, which is good. So um, yeah, I like this. Obviously, they they're wanting to use Sheldon Gene more. It seems like they were only using him really when they were up in Canada. I guess Chicago's close enough to the border. He was willing to make the trip. Um, you know, but uh, you know, he may be sticking around a while. Maybe. You know, I didn't see anything on the Wrestling Inc. headlines about Sheldon Jean being the newest signee to Impact Wrestling, but, um, you know, so we might, we might get, we might get a little more of him, uh, but we are going to get a little more of him later. Uh, what'd you think of this brief little Kenny King being Kenny King segment? I thought King was great here. I agree. Like, you really can't really tell what his motivations are. Does he really care about this? Like, actually care about this guy? Or is he just trying to use him and mess with him? You don't really know yet. Yeah. Yeah, big fan of Kenny King. Um, and everything he does outside the ring, I don't mean, like, in real life. I just mean stuff like this. Like, I really have no notes for Kenny. <laughs> so, I, I can't. I can't do anything like that. In the ring, maybe a couple notes. But outside the ring, keep doing it. Um, love it. Uh, yeah. So next is Trinity with Gia and no music underneath. And I wrote down, holy shit, this outfit. Um, I was already smartened up to this outfit, but I had not seen it. So, so like in my Twitch uh, chat, they were telling me. Liz was telling me. Oh my god, this outfit. And I was like, okay, I'll just wait and see. 
and uh holy shit is my notes uh yes it's an optical illusion and it draws your eyes to a certain place um yep not gonna complain though for, it looks like a, it's a very cool or more, more than one certain place yeah a couple of places that's yeah similar place um anyway it's interrupted uh by jay vidal uh who wants to get a selfie and um don't worry he says you know i know you're at i'll tag you in it so <laughs> so there's so there's jay anyway yeah we don't see the rest of the gang but but jay's there welcoming trinity in so there you go um liz says it was off i don't know about off i mean it's definitely weird but uh it's different yeah i I like it's it's cool looking like if you take away the fact that it's like two nipple vortexes (laughs) the the effect is cool yes like if they had if if they had like if they had like a dot like in the just in the dead center or like in the you know in the chest or in the back or anywhere else and you see the way that the way that stuff spirals out from it or whatever and it's just like it's like you're looking at some kind of weird modern art or something so i mean i'm not i'm not going to you know man <laughs> Just, um, it, it was very flattering. <laughs> it was flattering. So, uh, yeah. Uh, then Kenny King enters for commentary. Um, some wrestlers don't get an entrance. Kenny gets one for commentary. And um, he's going to be uh, doing the commentary on Nick Aldis's in-ring re-debut for Impact versus Sheldon Gene. Uh, I just wrote... Nick is very generous here letting this go five minutes because... If I'm if I'm Nick Aldis, the national treasure, the former NWA champion, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to take five minutes to beat Sheldon Jean. I'm just not, and that's not against Sheldon Jean, but it's just what's right for the whole idea. It should the whole the whole idea should be Kenny King's just getting comfortable and it's over. Like he's just like sitting down and putting the headset on, and before he can really say anything, the match is over, and then he's like, "What?" <laughs> you know, and now he's like second guessing himself, like, "Why am I investing in this fucking guy?" And it's not. It's again, it won't be like a. It it would be almost like, you know, like the reverse of like you know how an underdog will get a fluke win. You know, like a quick roll up or something, and the 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 other person won't be shocked or something. It'd be almost like that. Like, I didn't even expect the overdog to go over this quick. You know, it's like he caught Sheldon by surprise. Um, just something like that, because this really has nothing to do with a match. The match isn't long enough so that you could say, "Oh well, Nick Aldis has got to get his reps in and get his win back and all this other stuff." You know, it it's it's not you know. It's not like he's going to level up by having a practice match with Sheldon Jean. It's not long enough for that. So it's really just wasting a little bit of extra time on the show. But whatever. It's fine. I'm just, that's just what I'm observing. Um, and, uh, you know, that was that. But, I mean, what do you think? It feels like they need a, just a body to throw in in the ring with Nick Aldis so they don't have to have him and Kenny King touch before the show. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, you definitely don't want that. Uh, I I think both guys have well-defined enough characters and they're good enough performers where they can carry that feud without having to get in the ring with each other until it's under siege. With just the backstage vignettes and pre-tapes. Yep, and that's what they've done, and Under Siege is coming up real soon anyway, so I'm sure they'll make it there, but... Yeah, I just don't know. I'd also like to point out that while I was watching this, I noticed maybe another... Like, like in Sheldon Jean's lower back, there looked like there's, like, some other discoloration and or growth there in his, like, in his, like right in his mid-back... I said lower back, but it was more like his, his mid-back. I, I just saw something. I was like, is that another lump? What is what's going on with this kid? Maybe he's, a Maybe he's a stegodon. I don't know if he is. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, so that that's, you know, that's my concern. Um, I'm not concerned about this. Uh, Detective Dango and Hendry backstage with the uh, yarn board um, and uh, they bring in Swinger and Zicky for questioning and uh, you know it, it turns into a thing where Dango calls uh, Santino to try to get a match made between him and Swinger and of course the best <laughs> the best line in it which again I was smartened up to but I wasn't ready for it uh, is when he's like, he's, ta he's talking to Santino. He's like, it's, it's Dango from wrestling. <laughs> so, uh, good shit. Um, yeah, we definitely don't need any punch-ups on these things. So. No. Um, I, 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 I laughed in the line when, uh, what was it, uh, Swinger said, that was someone else doing gimmicks with Shiki. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Cheeky baby. Um, Labrat says maybe he got wet like a gremlin. Uh, the, referring to Sheldon Jean. Yeah, maybe. It's taken a while to gestate any more Sheldon's. Um, if that's the case. Yeah. Zicky accused. Uh, was it. Was it Dango? Or Joe Hendry? No, he accused Joe Hendry, right? No, I think he accused Dango for. What was it for? No, it was mm -hmm. Hendry. Yeah, yeah. He was saying, that, yeah, he could have he could have been the one to take out Santino because he upstaged him at yes, Rebellion or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Just the, we'll see if that uh, if that if that plays into the Joe Hendry heel turn. It would make sense where they think they're doing something smart by having the the suspect under under Dango's nose the entire time. You know, you can see where they're going to turn that into a match. Like, oh, I, I thought we were best friends. <laughs> and uh, you're the one that took out Santino. Like, I guess, isn't that the, really the only place it could go at this point? Yeah, it could. Or they could pull a swerve and do something else. But mm -hmm. it has to it has to make sense, though. Yeah. Well, to them, the only sense it needs to make is that you don't see it. You don't expect it. So... That's probably why um, it's going to be Joe Hendry. I believe it was Joe Hendry. Um, all right. Now, part three of uh, Frankie Kazarian's sit-down interview with Gia in the pre-taste. And he talks about uh, 
wanting to be champion and the legacy of being the guy to bring the company to heights he knows it can go. Are you buying that? No. Oh. Damn. Yeah, this was, um, you know, this started out in part one as like something interesting. And then in parts two and three, it just devolved into genericness and a waste of time. Again, nothing against Frankie. I don't know if he pitched this whole idea himself, but um, not really learning anything about him, you know, when, when you're saying like, yeah, I went to other places, but I'm back. Or, yeah, I want to, I, I think it, it, he's another one of these guys that says the line, you know, of like, if you want to, if you don't want to be a world champion, then you don't belong in professional wrestling, you know, like, I don't know if that's just his character supposed to say that, but I mean, I, I don't know. I certainly don't agree with that. Uh, there's lots of people that are happy to just contribute and they realize that being a world champion is not something that's up to them. It'd be different if this was a real sport and you're trying to be a world champion by your own skills and merits. I think he may have been speaking in character then because that's the only way that line would make sense. Yeah. And he better know that he ain't going to fucking do it. <laughs> Even in impact wrestling, he's going to have a hard time being the guy. And just because he is does not mean that he's going to take the company to heights that he it's never been. Can you imagine that? The idea is like, well, you know, Kurt Angle and uh, like all these other guys could have came in and didn't do it, but you're going to do it. No offense, but this is, this is, it, you know, even though that this is all supposed to, even just giving him the out that this is all just supposed to be in character, even in character, even in kayfabe, nobody could believe this. So maybe come up with something else to say. Yeah. Labrat says he's no saving. <laughs> and Buckshot says, talk about your childhood first. Um, and Liz says, show your crack house childhood home. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Do you have any other words of advice for uh, Frankie Kazarian? I don't know. I, 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 I get... seem to notice that you may have deleted part two out of your uh, re-scripting. <laughs> No, actually, I think I did have it in there. Oh, I, did I, you? I, okay. I forgot, yeah, I might have forgot to say it, but I know I had it in there. All right. Well, you should delete it. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm surprised. I, I, I can't get over the whole story of, uh, or the thing with Frankie Kazarian, because apparently this is a true story of how he uh, actually asked for his release from Impact because he wasn't happy there. And then, like, a few days later, he's like, wait a minute, I want, to get, I want back, I want back. Right. Yeah, he goes around asking asking for his release and betting on himself. Yep, and then and then a few days later he second guesses it and wants it back. Yeah. What does that even mean, betting on yourself, you know? Like I'm betting on my I'm leaving AEW. I'm betting on myself. What? <laughs> What's <laughs> what does that mean? Right, what how, does that how, mean? How you're not how are you not betting on yourself while you're at AEW? Right. I don't get it. 
It's like, it's, is it, is it like the thing where, um, cause you know how famously it seems like guys will come to WWE, for example, then they'll, they'll be there and then they won't kind of get over for whatever reason. And, uh, they'll get let go and then they'll go somewhere else. And now WWE won. The first person I usually think of is Drew McIntyre as a person that's like, he made it to WWE. That's where he wanted to be. Got released, went to other companies, worked other places, tried to make himself the vision of what he thought WWE wanted or what he was told that they wanted. Comes back, you know, and now it's like, oh yes, you're finally back where you belong and we're going to make you the champion and all this other stuff. Like, like, like that's like, you have to appease the WWE gods or whatever by going somewhere else and doing something. Um, you know, is that betting on yourself? <laughs> even though, uh, you know, even though they fired you or whatever, like, is that, is that what that's supposed to mean? Is it supposed to be similar to that? Like go somewhere else, do something else until they, they, they don't realize what they had until they don't have it anymore. Go look better in other places, even though anybody that recognizes talent should be uh, appreciative and lucky that they have you under their roof and would want to do something with you while you're there, especially in place of other people that are definitely not as talented or, you know, useful as you are. I don't know. It's uh, wrestling's weird. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's. It's like it's like what uh, Alsna always says. It's like it's like every other business, and it's also unlike any other business. Yeah, Alsna should have bet on himself. <laughs> then he could have been WWE champion. Um, all right. Well, next is uh, Decay, which is uh, this is the Crazy Steve and uh, Taurus version, and uh, they're gonna take on the Good Hands who do their you know heat getting promo on the way down to the ring um yeah so anyway whatever they have a match Myers interferes for whatever reason Towers gets pinned which is the ultimate disrespect for a guy like him to lose to one of these guys um these guys are the enhancement talent that's in their gimmick <laughs> So if you're beating anybody on this show, it better be Steve, I would think. Because it doesn't, like, his, like, whatever happens with Crazy Steve has nothing to do with whether he wins or loses matches or anything like that. He's think, never been taken as a serious wrestler. I think the logic with what they did was that, is because it wouldn't make sense for Brian Myers to be able to keep Tarus on the outside. I mean, he's the most professional wrestler, ain't he? You better figure out a way. So, yeah, if I'm... I don't know. Look, I'm not a promoter. Yeah, I'm not saying I agree with that logic. I'm just trying to just figure it out what it yeah, is. Yeah, trying to make sense of it. I, I, I'm not a promoter, but if I've got a talent on loan that I know is somebody somewhere else and they're trying to use somewhere else... Like I'm not gonna right, I'm not going to crap on them like that. Yeah, that's not going to be the first, the, my my first uh, instinct is to beat him. 
You know, if I beat Taurus, I'm going to beat him in a sense where it, it, it does something for someone else and him. Like, that's my idea because this is a favor. You're getting a talent on loan as a favor. He's now the, you're doing a favor by exposing him to an audience and they're doing a favor by, you know, giving you one of their, their talents and putting his health and, and life at risk with, with being in any match. And I'm not just saying people in impact are dangerous. I'm just talking about anytime you step in the ring, anything can happen. So, you know, if they have, if they, if they want to use him and triple a, and Conan's like, I got plans for Towers, and then this guy fucking loses to the jobbers. I don't know. A little disrespectful to me. Uh, but what do I know? I mean, obviously, uh, pro wrestling isn't about fairness, logic, uh, even making money. It's about betting on yourself. So, anyway, um, that's what happened there. Did you have anything to add to this match or this whole thing? No, other than like the this the lame Chicago digs, like come on, you guys can do better. You guys can get more creative than that. The Cubs, no, they can. You're gonna go for the Cubs, really? That that's that's so that's that's too easy, too easy. Yeah. Also, the Cubs have won a World Series. Yeah, within like within the last decade. Right. So, so that's, it's, uh, that's it's not as sick of a burn anymore. Right. <laughs> Well, let's take a flashback to a simpler time. No Surrender, 2009. Um, Sarita, remember Sarita? Sarita and Taylor Wilde uh, beat the inferior version of the Beautiful People to become the first ever Knockouts Tag Team Champions. I have no memory of this whatsoever. I'm quite sure I watched it. Well, I probably didn't watch No Surrender. That's probably why. In 2009, I wasn't watching any TNA pay-per-views. That's that's for sure. I was watching the weekly show, but I'm not going to buy those pay-per-views. So, I have no memory of this. No recollection of it whatsoever. It seemed like a big deal at the time. but And at least it's relevant content to what's going on in their TV programming now. Yeah. So, which was, uh, which was odd because you would think that you show something with a superstar from the pet or a current superstar from from the yeah. What am I trying to say? A somebody on your old footage of a current superstar, and then you wouldn't cut immediately to that superstar or that's a, that wrestler, right? Yeah, that just they, don't, very weird. they don't do it. They don't do it. What they do is they cut to Burt Macklin. So, you know, what you're saying is they should have cut to the coven or something like that, right? Yes. All right. Yeah, well, they didn't. Um, yeah, they, so this is, this is Macklin. He's, uh, he's blaming the, uh, Champagne and Shira for, uh, you know, screwing everything up. And he basically, I guess you would, the phrase that you would use is he discharges them. And, uh, <laughs> discharge. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he leaves and sing is like, Oh, Oh, this is terrible. Oh, hold on. We got to make this right. I have an idea. Okay. Sing's idea is uh beating up Heath. <laughs> That's after the break. They go, he's like, 
I have an idea. They go to break, they come back from break, he's beating up Heath. Um, which, that hasn't solved any problems for over 10 years. Because people just keep on doing it. Everybody from, you know, Brock Lesnar to John Cena to Champagne Singh. <laughs> Nothing, no problems are ever solved by beating up Heath. He just gets beat up. That's it. Um, uh, so anyway, yeah, they get saved by security. Uh, the security comes in, guards more guards, AKA the good hands reserves. Cause all these guys have the fucking carrot haircut and beards, you know? Um, so they're all, they're all ready to join the good hands anytime they want to expand the faction. Uh, Rhino comes in too. And he's like, who did this? You know, like, I don't know. How far down the hall were you that you couldn't see who was doing it? Because you showed up pretty promptly. So maybe a little bit of blocking here could be improved on this backstage bit, but it's fine. I don't mind seeing Heath getting beat up. I'm just saying it's not effective in any you know capacity, really. But I guess the idea is that um, Rhino's going to be so distraught to see Heath beaten up like he always gets uh, that... Uh, um, he won't be able to concentrate in his match with Macklin. Like, is that the psychology of this? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, at least it gave a storyline reason for why Heath didn't come out later. I mean, that's the only thing that only made sense about it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the, but the referee's like, Rhino, your match is starting right now. He's like, ah, or something. I don't know. <laughs> And then, uh, so yeah, we, so Rhino makes his entrance and he makes his entrance. Like he just run, he just comes out like a normal entrance. And it's like, you know, getting hyped up with the fans and like tagging their hands and just like, <laughs> yeah, like my partner friend didn't just get his ass beat. Right. He should have just charged to the ring and then gotten the gore position and waited. Right. Yep. Or shit. Just as soon as Macklin comes out, run out of the ring and charges ass. Yep. He didn't do that. He he was no. glad handing the fans. So, hmm. all right. Well, anyway, the story of this match is kind of, I guess, Rhino's knee. Like Macklin works around the leg and the knee of Rhino, you know, and uh, you know, this, can can Rhino overcome this this hobbling? And uh, the answer is no, he can't. Uh, he goes for a spear and his knee. He's like, oh, damn, my knee. And eventually Macklin hits a spear of his own and beats Rhino with it. Um, usually use another guy's finisher as like a false finish. Uh, but it actually works here. So after that, he gets heat on the knee some more with a chair. He gets a chair and beats the shit out of Rhino's knee. Then he goes to get a... You know, um, and Tom Tom is calling him a son of a bitch, and uh, he goes to get a shovel, cause you know just because PCO is like on the roster, you have a shovel under the ring at all times now. I don't know what that would possibly be used for as a tool, you know, when setting up a wrestling ring or something like that. I don't know what you'd have that shovel for, but um, he has it, and uh, Tom calls him a son of a bitch some more, and then. He hits uh, hits hits that leg with the shovel. Um, the referees are ineffectual in this. They are just standing there saying, "No, 
no, don't. And uh, not trying to grab the shovel or stop him in any way. And uh, security is too late for this because I guess they were still trying to get Shara and Sang out of the building. Uh, that could at least give you a... Um, that'd be the first time they ever had a good reason why security wasn't prompt enough because you just saw something that they were doing. You know, so I'll give them that, even if that was probably by accident that it ended up looking that way. There's just something about something about it tells me it just works out that way and it was not planned. Um But yeah. So Rhino's fucked. It's basically. And Buckshot Kid says I should have ended the show. The next segment should have been the opening of next week's show. I agree. Well, this definitely should have gone off the show, gone off the air with this. Okay. And it was a main event. It this was for the title. Yep. So putting your title match on what would this have been the equivalent of the top of the hour here? Mm -hmm. I think right because I'm not watching it live, so I don't know what the real timestamps are. Um, but I assume yeah, this would have been the top of the hour, top of the second hour. Uh, all right. yeah all right well that's what it was so uh go ahead and uh you know give your thoughts and anything else that you'd like to say about this whole thing uh i mean i mean it's different to have uh you don't really again you don't really see the other guy pinning the other guy with his finisher but again like you said it works for this and especially if it looks like they might be taking rhino off tv for a little bit Mm-hmm. No, than that, I thought it was a decent match. All right. And not not really much to say about it. I mean, his knee was hurt so bad he couldn't have just got his shoulder up a little bit. Um. Well, during the break, uh, they gurney Rhino out of there. There's, there's. How do I know this? Because they show the whole thing after they come back from break. Um. Uh, longtime friend Scott Demore escorts Rhino to the ambulance, and uh, then uh, Macklin shows up outside, and Scott Demore gets in his face. You know these guys are gonna have a match one day, right? Like this oh, is yeah. just gonna fucking happen. Yep. Um, and then he's but he's basically like you know, uh, oh you this is how you want to do things. You want to you want to do things like that. Well, well now your now your match. Is uh, for under siege is 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 no DQ. Not like, hey, you hit my longtime friend with a shovel. I'm stripping you of the title. You're fired. <laughs> it's your match is no DQ now. I'll let PCO take care of you. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. Uh. So as as uh. As Macklin tries to get into the ambulance to beat uh, Rhino's knee up some more, uh, ostensibly he was trying to do that, but PCO's in the ambulance and he gets how'd that happen? Who cares? He gets he he gets in there and and, and uh, he comes out and just chokes Macklin and they're fighting. Did you hear what Tom had to say about it? Why PCO was in there to protect Rhino? Son of a bitch to protect Rhino. Yeah, sure he was. You know how PC is that? PC is like that protector, you know? Protector Canadian <laughs> one. 
I don't know. What'd you think of that? Did you like the you like PCO in the ambulance? I don't know. Maybe he's got Joe Hendry skills and just showing up in random places like that. He must. Maybe he's got some DK teleporting. I mean, that seems a little more on brand with the gimmick, right? But then why did it take him so long to get from the desert to the Las Vegas venue? Like, they had the whole thing of the camera following him the entire night. Oh, well, I guess technically he's brain dead, so it could have just slipped his mind completely. True, uh, it could have been a... Or maybe some something might have glitched and it just happened tonight. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Like, if there's a, if he gets like a static shock, you know, like if he didn't use, like if if he didn't use a um, like a bounce sheet when he was drawing his jumpsuit, you know, then he could have got like a static shock, and that could have like, you know, booted up his brain real quick. I don't know. <laughs> they thought PCO is dead, so they put him in the ambulance. Yeah, that's probably the best reason so far. Let's go with that. Like, oh, you poor, poor man. Here, walk in here. <laughs> you must be dead. Just climb on in, and we'll take you with this other guy who has a hurt knee. Um. All right. So Joe Hendry comes out to the ring, and uh, he says that uh, he's talking about his broken nose. And he says that Michael Jordan was talking to him on the phone and said, you know, you can't go out there and do that promo tonight, Joe. It's too dangerous. Um, but he just had to support uh, Dirty Dango. So here we are. Um, this is Dango versus Swinger. And it's not much. It's uh, comedy squash. Yeah. Um, and the mystery continues. Yeah. The mystery continues. Uh, Dango driver for the win. If anybody cared, um, we're not going to pad out the record of, uh, Johnny Swinger. Steve says, shouldn't animal control be the ones to remove Rhino? I mean, that's not a bad point. I guess, um, and they should have, they should have tranked him too beforehand. Or maybe they tried, but the hide was too thick. I don't know. Too thick for tranquilizers, not thick enough for chairs and shovels. You imagine hitting a rhino with a shovel? Like a shoot rhino? Ooh. Rhino just look at you like... Yeah, that's... Stupid? Yeah. Um, you I thought of something. Rhino... With an alien popping out of him, but instead of like alien popping out of his stomach, it's Ace Ventura. It's Ace Ventura. <laughs> kind of hot in these rhinos. <laughs> oh man. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, the design has an army. Sammy Callahan has nothing except a yellow hoodie uh, for him and Swan because they attack. The entire group of guys standing there in their their one pre-lit backstage segment. They, they they fight them all. And then security immediately arrives again. So they're they're not busy now. They're done with the whole animal control portion of the show. 
uh, the 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 animals and zombies and everything that's going on out there, and the Macklins, and uh, they're here to break up this uh, this fight. You know, it seems like the design always has like some secluded corner. You know what I mean? Where they can just shoot their little videos and you know, they send these into a, they send these in for impact to use. I'm pretty sure that's the regular interview set. We just, with just powered down. It is, it is right. You can see that. So they turn off the, the TV screens and then they make the lighting red. So this is your instance of lighting. But again, I'm giving them a pass because it's gone everywhere else and it's fits what the design has always done, which is stylize their shit. So, you know, but the idea would be that this is not live, right? Like exactly. the idea is that this is a message, right? Right. That that was sent in, right? So it's like, you know, it, 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 you would have to assume if you're if this is if this shit was real. The design films this stuff and I guess just gives it to Scott Damore and like play this, you know, or whatever mm -hmm. they do. This is them getting their ass kicked by two guys. And it's like, ah, fuck, that sucked. Well, send it anyway. Like, it just, if you think about it, it it's like this, you know, you wouldn't do it like this. You would, you'd be like, scrub this from the record. This never happened. Right. And plus, like a cult trying to spread propaganda. Why would you leave the part in where you get the shit beat out of you? Right. You could have even got more content out of this by them just trying to air the first part and cutting it. And then Sammy coming in with his hacker gimmick and being like, here's the footage they don't want you to see. That's where it would have made sense. See, guys, this is what I'm saying. I didn't think about this one time. Not while I was watching this. When I was watching this, I was just making my notes and going, ugh. But just now here, just talking out loud, I came up with that. So you mean to tell me that it's not possible to just think some of these things through a little bit beforehand? Because this shit don't just happen. They have to set this up. They have to, first of all, they have to write this out, right? I'm sure that uh, Diener, even if he doesn't like, scripted maybe I, I think this is scripted line by line i don't know whether he scripts his own promo or jimmy jacobs hands him a piece of paper or whatever but this shit has to get written this shit has to get memorized because i don't think he's reading it uh but if he is whatever it's still um you got to set up the set you got to change the lighting you got to do all this preparation and stuff and you might have to do a couple of takes uh in case something gets messed up so shit just doesn't just happen, right? So during this whole process of getting all this ready and coming up with the idea and visualizing this, like, could not have somebody found a way to tie these two gimmicks together in a way that would make sense and give you more footage and time to use? Like, now not only do you have something for this week, you have something for next week. Or, and you could also go into a blackmail angle where... Uh, Sammy gets dirt on Diener and holds it over his head. Yeah, because wasn't he with the group for like many weeks? Yep. I'm sure he saw a lot of things during that who, time. Who knows what kind of bugs he could have planted or what, other, what kind of uh, malware he could have put on their computer, computer hard drives. That's right. Or spyware. That's right. He could have got a uh, 
He could have put in a, a a virus that causes their programs to expand and uh, <laughs> take up all the memory on the GPU and CPU. Uh, anyway, yeah, you're welcome, guys. If you want to steal that for another chance that you might get at this before this whole angle's done, you know, feel free. You don't even have to PayPal me. If you do want to PayPal me, though, just get a touch of Ben Hameen. He's got my... Uh, so, um, yeah, anyway, uh, they show that Mike Bailey briefly, they talk about him being the best of super juniors right now. And that's why he's not going to be around for a while. Um, so he's competing to be the best, uh, junior in uh, in Japan. And, uh, the first night of the Super Juniors is free on New Japan World. So if you just go to newjapanworld.com and, uh, you don't even have to subscribe. You just go on there and go to the May 12th, uh, edition on there somewhere. And then you can, even if you don't care about watching the whole thing, you can at least watch, uh, Mike Bailey's match. Cause on the first night he had, yeah, uh, I'll get to that in a second. Um, on the first night, the first free night. Of best of super juniors the main event was mike bailey versus hiromu takahashi who is the guy uh in the junior division he's the champion and he's in the best of super juniors trying to win yet another best of super juniors tournament so um they had a match there and you can watch that for free so if you're interested new japan world um now buckshot kid says uh we already seen diener kill someone so not much dirt you can really have um, but yeah. All right. So now we get our only moose sighting here. Uh, Myers is coming back from whatever he's doing. Cause this shit was a long time ago on the show now. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's walking through and moose is waiting for me as a question. And he's like, his, his question is what the hell was that out there? You know? And, uh, he, he's not happy about the, um, He's not happy about the good hands being a part of this. He's not interested in them. Uh, he's not running a charity. These are not his words. These are my words. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah. So, you know, Meyer says whatever he says. And then the good hands walk up and say whatever they say. And I'm just like... And then, uh, you know, Moose is like, get your priorities straight. And walks away. <sighs> Yeah, at least I agree kind with of, Moose. Yeah, and at least they kind of explained Moose's motivations. Though I wish it was a lot stronger than I want two belts. Yeah. I, like, like maybe, like maybe Moose has some dirt on, on maybe has some dirt on his own on Brian, maybe, and then, and then the reason why Brian got the uh, good hands involved is basically be his Corey and Trevor to be his fall guys. Hmm. Corey, if you're if you've ever watched trailer, trailer Park Boys, you know exactly what Corey and Trevor is. All, who, yeah, what I mean when I call him Corey and Trevor. I see. We'll have to we'll have to go to Buckshot Kid on that one. <laughs> but um, yeah. So uh, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, at least Moose was there this time. But always, I trade it all for a little bit more. Uh, the main event, unless you had anything else to add to that, 
Other than we need more moose. Yeah. It just goes without saying, but we're going to say it every time. Um, main event is Diana Perazzo and Jordan Grace versus the Coven. Um, was this a match for the titles? Yes, the tag titles. Okay. So, um, we were going to see if uh, Diana could do another, you know, two belt thing. Um, but uh, as it turns out, uh, nope. Grace was pinned, and uh, they start beating her down after the match, and Trinity comes in to make the save uh, with her amazing outfit. And, um, <laughs> yeah, that's how we go off. Um, yeah, thoughts on the match, the post-match, the outfit again, if you want. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever your thoughts are to close the show. Now, I like they had Diana taking the heat because she's still kind of fresh in her baby face run. So having her have that optics of like taking, getting beat down, fighting from underneath, and then making the comeback, I think it really helps kind of establish her in that role a little bit further. Mm. Uh, on, that, on that note, before I forget, because I didn't write it down, but I was thinking about it when I was watching it. This is not just a note for Diana. This is a note for everybody who's in a tag team match taking heat. Guys, I know how you feel. I know what you're thinking. Do not fight back. Just fucking don't fight back. No hope spot. No nothing. Just take the beating and let the person who's making the comeback make the comeback. You're not, no one's going to ever remember. First of all, they're never going to remember this match, right? Like that, let, let's face it. This is a tag match. On a random impact, it is for the titles, but no one's going to look... This is not going to ever be a flashback moment of the week for impact, okay? They're not going to remember anything about it. But they certainly aren't going to remember, if they do. They're certainly not going to remember that you threw a couple of punches to somebody's stomach when you were supposed to be selling and trying to get over the fact that you really need to get to the corner and make your tag, you know? Like, the whole idea of the tag match is not is that it's not 100% about you. Unless the story specifically dictates that something be 100% about you. If it's not that, don't fight back. Don't fight back. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, shit. Hang on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and I said, uh, Peraza, she, her step-up Rana is fantastic. She keep it in her arsenal. Uh, I wish there would have been more tension built between her and Jordan other than the, uh, playing into the finish of Jordan knocking her off the apron by a miscommunication. And at least it was a correct finish, having that in there. And then, of course, unnecessary apron bump when they come and decided to bring back the Harris Boys old finish of H-bombing her on the apron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, no one will ever remember this. So... You can go ahead and read that out if you want, because I don't get these references. <laughs> Basically, it's like from the show Trailer Park Boys. They're kind of like a little setup of the how the characters are with that. Basically, Myers would be Brian would be Ricky, who's kind of like the dumb one, but thinks he's or tries to be smart. Julian is uh, Moose, who is the smart one with the muscles, 
And then, yeah, we just need a, a Bubbles who's kind of like the, the heart, but also like the, the technically the smartest one, the one with all the technical skills. Ah. Okay, so it's not Michael Jackson's old monkey bubbles. Okay. Yeah, yeah and then the Corey and Trevor would be the good hands who are the idiot fall guys who basically are the meat shields for him. What do you think the chances are that they are trying to set up scenarios based on Trailer Park Boys seeing that Anthem is a Canadian company? Would not surprise me. Okay. All right, but back to the match. <laughs> now nah, it, it was a decent match. I enjoyed it. All right. I think Deanna's doing a pretty decent, good, uh, pretty decent job as a babyface. It's just weird. It's weird it, seeing as a babyface. And it's it's not even like a real babyface. It's just one of those like lesser of two evils type babyfaces. And she's not really doing anything heelish anymore, though. No. And if she has a match with Trinity, she's not going to be the baby face. You know? Right. So it's like... Unless there's some sort of heel turn beforehand with Trinity, which I doubt, be highly surprised if they do. They're not going to, though. No. I would think so. <sighs> Same here, Buckshot. Same here. Yeah, so... Well, you know... They had some interesting things. They had some missed opportunities. They had some stuff that uh, couldn't have gone any better. So you get, it's just like a full mixed bag on this episode. Um, so I don't know. But it, it's uh, it's easy enough to watch, I guess. Especially when you compare it to you know, all the other wrestling programming out there on the weekly TVs. You know, Raw was such a slog. Um, and continues to be Smackdown just keeps wasting everybody's time and losing their audience bit by bit at least their TV audience um, AEW just continues the hot shotting like just a bunch of stuff keeps happening never makes any sense but you know hey Hey, look, look it, we're doing it. Whatever we're doing, we're doing it. And we're doing it so much that you don't have time to think about it. And here, before you could think about it, here comes some more stuff we're doing. So it's, uh, you know, of all the, of all the weekly shows, impact has the most, they're, they're like the most traditional. And even though they have opportunities, you know, they're probably just getting the most right. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, there's not room for improvement. So that's, I guess what we're here to do. If nothing else, I don't need to tell you what happened on the show. You probably could just watch it for yourself if you cared about that. So we're here for those secret listeners that, uh, you know, they know what they're doing wrong and they eventually end up correcting those things, but they can't correct it too soon. Cause then it just sounds like they just heard our show and wanted to immediately correct it. They can't do that. Nor would I expect them to, as long as the things eventually get turned off or whatever, that's fine. Um, but yeah, so, but before we turn this show off, Brandon, 
Why don't you tell the people where they can find you outside the Impact Attack? Uh, as always, I can always be found on Twitter at TransArchistTia, as well as Twitch at MissTiaTheTrans, or Twitch.tv slash MissTiaTheTransArchist, and well as my new Substack, HMGBrandon.Substack.com. All right. Um, as we hear the entire dog pound outside, uh, trying to make their... Uh, those are those are the uh, the backup attack dogs in the training center at this West Coast installation uh, for the Hameen Army. Um, I guess things are going well. Uh, but uh, yeah, speaking of Hameen Army, um, you know you can find me all over HMG. It's too many things now to list. If I were to individually list all the things that I keep showing up on, um, it's just it's just gonna take too damn long. So. So you can check me out everywhere um, at Opinion Haver on all the social media platforms and twitch.tv slash Opinion Haver as well. Um, and you can uh, find me on the PWC network doing stuff. You know, I just did a, another Monday Night Machismo Thursday edition where, um, you know, I just sat and complained about Raw for an hour and 40. So that was, that was pretty good, I guess. Um, it felt like shit when I was doing it. Um, but, um, yeah, so, you know, follow, follow the PWC network, even if the only reason you follow them is to see the stuff that I'm on, cause, you know, they call me in sometimes and, uh, you guys like that sort of thing, then that's the sort of thing you guys like, to quote Jim Cornette, but, um, yep, and of course you can always check out, uh, besides the HMG stuff, such as, you know, Next Level Wrestling Review every Wednesday at 8am Pacific, 11am Eastern on Big Ray Hernandez, you can also check out, um, Wrestling with Rip Rogers on YouTube, you know, every, whenever they feel like it, unless they don't, until they do, uh, times are all up and down over there, but, you know, maybe one day I'll just pop in and set them straight on everything. Um, like I've done in the past because I got I got a couple of I got a couple of bones to pick with each of those guys so uh, you know you never know so keep keep your eye on that uh, keep your eye on Stevie Richards of course continue his journey to recovery he's back in the full swing of things doing Raw and Smackdown reviews bless him and uh, doing his big fitness show with Big Mike Barons just put out a leg press review earlier today on YouTube on his channel Jeez. just can't be stopped cannot be stopped you cannot stop stevie richards the only time he's not gonna sell is when he has a life-threatening illness or injury so that's the only time he's not gonna sell um but yeah so everybody check out stevie um and yeah i guess that's gonna do it so uh for brandon i'm the vet and i don't have a sign offline <laughs>